When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Lost in last night's terrible Joe Burrow injury that we're still waiting an update on with his wrist and how long he might be out. Cincinnati losing the game, falling to 5-5 five and five in real, real jeopardy of not making the postseason this year is on the Ravens' side. An impressive win for them to be sure, but what happens very early in the game, they lose Mark Andrews, and as it turns out, they lose Mark Andrews for a long time. I do have one injury announcement to make, unfortunately, on the negative side. Mark Andrews has a very serious ankle injury. It looks like a season-ending injury, so um, our prayers will be with Mark. He, uh, nobody cares more about the team and, uh, and being there for the guys at Mark Andrews, so it's going to be hard for him, but we're going to be there for him all the way. So, listen, that is a crushing blow to their offense. There's no getting around that. Odell Beckham later in the game got hurt. Shocker. Um, But at this point, I look around. You factor that in, Joe. And I'm trying to find the team in the AFC that I feel the best about. And I can't really find them right now. Am I alone in this? No, you're not, because everyone's got flaws. It's amazing what's happened to the AFC. 20-some years of just having a clear, established hierarchy. Brady's Patriots, Manning's Colts, and then just behind that, Roethlisberger's Steelers. I know the Ravens slid in there at one point, but that's kind of how it was. Brady and Manning controlled the conference for a long time with the Steelers right behind them. And then we kind of saw Manning go to Denver, and there were a couple of years of that, and Brady kind of maintained. And then Mahomes took over, and right behind Mahomes, you had Buffalo and then Cincinnati. So there's always been one at the top and then two or three right behind. Now we don't have any of that. The Chiefs are very, very good, but the offensive scoring is down. We're not used to that. Uh, the Ravens look very, very good, but we've seen them struggle in the playoffs, and we know they're a team that always gets hurt. You work your way through the rest of them. Buffalo is way down, firing everybody. Cincinnati's hurt. Pittsburgh has been very fortunate. This would have been the opportune moment to talk about the Jaguars, except we just saw them get rocked in their biggest measuring stick game of the season, so no one's going to back them, and the Dolphins can't win the big games. Cleveland lost to Sean Watson. I mean, we can go on and on forever. So the AFC, for the first time in over two decades, feels genuinely open. Open for the taking, and I think, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I got a bet I would make, and I think it would be Miami. I think now's the time we step in on Miami. Mm. I think we can look at it one of two ways. One, they haven't shown up in any of the big games they've played, but they've gotten big game experience. They got big game experience on the road against the Bills. They got big game experience on the road against Philly. They got big game experience over in London. They haven't had any big games at home. Right? That's number one. They they are in a position where they can win enough games to grab home field advantage. It's not that crazy to think. So that's one. Number two, they're healthy. And the defense is going to continue to get better. 
And I think as we look around at everything, when you put pricing on some of these teams, it's important to zig when other people zag. And I think while the narrative on Miami is they can't win big games, now might be the time to take a shot on them, given everything we've seen across the board happening to everybody else. Their schedule would certainly be considered favorable yes, until sir. the last three weeks of the year. And by that point, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could have established themselves as a top two seed, almost virtually locking it in close to that point. I, I get where you're coming from. Um, if we're going to knock them for not beating good teams, they've got a lot of not good teams that are sitting right in front of them, and they have taken care of business against those teams. They're 6-0 and against those teams. I, I like the idea of Miami here quite a bit. My problem is trying to look at the rest of it and figure out how to feel good about it. Kansas City should be this team, and here they are sitting in the number one uh, seed right now, Joe, and they're averaging 23 points a game. Like, when has that ever been the case with this team? They, in each of the last five seasons, ranked first, 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 and first in offensive EPA. Expected yeah. points added, which is a metric that is used to define, you know, success on offense. First five years in a row, they ranked 10th this season. 10th is still good, but for the Chiefs, that is a noticeable drop-off. Well, as I look at the rest of it now, okay? So Baltimore has this hit. I still feel reasonably good about them. And by the way, Isaiah Likely, I think, is a very underrated tight end. I think he can fill this role not be Mark Andrews, but maybe not be a massive drop-off for them there. So I still feel okay about Baltimore right now. Jacksonville, I want to feel better, Joe. You know how I felt about them at the beginning of the year. You know I think that they're capable of being an AFC championship game team, and yet they, they have games like this past week where they get their doors blown off. They lose to Houston earlier in the year they, where they just look inept. They, at times, look absolutely inept. And that drives me up the wall. I have no faith in Buffalo, as we've established. They're not making the playoffs. I don't have much faith in Cincinnati right now with what they have in front of them. Am I going to believe in the Cleveland Browns? I, I, no. I don't, I, no, I not with this quarterback situation. Come on. Joe, can I start to – I know what I'm saying here. They may not be ready yet. But can I start – to make the case about Houston winning the AFC? Just They're, because, not because of Houston, because of everybody else. They're, they're going to find themselves, they do find themselves presented with a very favorable situation moving forward. Five yeah. of the next seven are at home. They only play two teams with winning records the rest of the way. Cleveland, that's a home game. They just lost to Sean Watson and Jacksonville. That's a home game. They beat them already this season. The schedule is there for them to make a run, win the division, and jockey themselves into solid playoff positioning. I still think, though, a banged-up Baltimore team, a somewhat down-offensively Kansas City team are going to be too much for them in the postseason because D'Amico Ryans has never coached a postseason game as a head coach. C.J. Shroud's never played in one, and the nuance that goes into those games, I mean, look at the Charger-Jaguar game last year. 
Staley was in so far over his head. I think that was his first ever playoff game. He had no idea what to do. All Doug Peterson had to do was sit back and let them give that game away. Yeah. He made good decisions. Staley made bad decisions. And I think that could be something that would ultimately doom Houston. But I still think they're going to get plenty of experience this year that's going to trend them in the right direction. Ultimately, this comes down to Kansas City once again finding a way to win the war of attrition. Oftentimes, the teams that reach the Super Bowl are the healthiest teams in the NFL. I know that seems obvious, but injury luck is a very big factor when it comes to all of this. And the Eagles and the Chiefs were two of the healthiest teams in the NFL last year. And as all this chaos is is wreaking havoc around the AFC, here are the Chiefs avoiding major injuries at every turn. Yeah, maybe it just ends up reverting to the de- the default settings, so right. to speak. <laughs> yeah. you know? That's it's really going to be Kansas City because nobody else could step up and take it. Exactly. It feels like that could be the case. I would absolutely love and I would root for them if they got into a, a decent position where if Houston goes and wins the AFC South and let's say they find themselves as a four seed, I would absolutely love to root for the Texans hard. Yeah, I, without question. They're a fun I, team, right? Yeah, they are a very fun team. And the guy that I think is going to be a dynamic combo guy with C.J. Stroud for a long time is Tank Dell. You think those two are hooking up nicely so far? I I think that dude's good. I think that dude's really good. They've hit. I mean, they have turned it around in a hurry. They have shown the entire league that it doesn't necessarily take four or five years to get it back on track. But they did show the rest of the league that you do need competent coaching and you do need competent quarterback play. Because if you get those two things set, which Houston did in one offseason, the sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. So many teams are fumbling around at quarterback. They're fumbling around at head coach. Houston turned it around quickly because the two most important positions in the organization got handled and handled appropriately. And that says a lot about Houston because they've struggled with those two positions for a while. So they are set right now. The sky's the limit. I think it's still too early, and I think Kansas City's the team to look at. But if you're looking to make a bet, I'm starting to look at Miami. I think it's time to zig when everybody else is zagging. Let me ask you a quick question that you're going to give me an answer in 30 seconds. It's not a quick question. You want a quick answer. That's what you're saying. Yeah, my question's going to be four minutes. I want you to give (laughs) me an answer in 15 seconds. Uh, The trade that Arizona made with Houston so that Houston could get Will Anderson. Cost him this year's first-round pick, as we know. If Houston had had kept that pick and had tried to use some of that capital to move up this year, how much better would they have looked if they had, as opposed to Will Anderson, Marvin Harrison Jr. paired with Stroud? Oh, I, I, I... I'm not even going to worry about that. How, they could have been a lot better, sure. But they, they can address that in the offseason. They can go find wide receivers. Why can't you accept my hypothetical? Because you know what? Because I, I, Will Anderson's playing well. They, they needed help on both sides of the ball. These are going to be their two anchors. Offensive anchor, defensive anchor. Offensive captain, defensive captain. These are the faces of the organization moving forward under D'Amico Ryans. Having Marvin Harrison would have been awesome. But right now, they have made the correct moves to build this team out. That hype. Of all the hypotheticals we could ask, that's where we're going. Oh, well, listen, it was it just popped into my head. Why don't you just take your ball and go home then? It's Let, let's go back Joe. in time. Houston <laughs> doesn't draft C.J. Stroud, and they don't draft Will Anderson, but they can draft Caleb Williams this year. 
Why do you hate me? It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. It's not going to be the Bills winning the AFC, and they've got to figure out how much of this team is actually going to be back next year. We're getting into it next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I got to say, this one's up there for me. You like this one? Oh, Absolutely. It's up there. It's up there. I was watching Jeopardy last night. Nobody could name the group that Beyonce was in before she went solo. What are we doing? Really? What are we doing? Was Becky Lynch on last night from WWE? No, it wasn't the celebrity one. This was the regular one. I've seen the celebrity one. And you know what's amazing about the celebrity Jeopardy? Just how stupid the questions are. (laughs) Oh, they bring it down, right? Oh, my God. It's well, yeah. not even close. It, okay. It's not even close. You find yourself doing quite well when it's when it's dumbed down. All of a sudden, I feel a whole lot smarter. <laughs> As I could go to... win Jeopardy. Get out of the way, Ken Jennings. Exactly. Oh, Peter Schrager, you think you're good? Get off the stage, punk. <laughs> <laughs> it's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Stefan Diggs hasn't been speaking. His brother has been speaking. Trey, uh, Trayvon Diggs, of course, has tweeted this week in regards to his brother's situation in Buffalo. He mentioned uh, in his first tweet that, yeah, we got to get my brother up out of Buffalo right now. And another tweet followed up a day later after the game that was basically uh, Josh Allen really wasn't anything until Stefan Diggs got there. So naturally... Diggs had to deal with the fallout with the media this week. 
Here was his response to it. If it was another fan or anybody else that commented on the game, y'all wouldn't have said that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just happened to be that it's my brother. But for me, I'm like, all right, you asking me how my brother feels. You know what I'm saying? You got to ask my brother how he feels about it. But for me, more so, I want to put more emphasis on when you put me in a space of answering questions as to how somebody else feels, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, uh, the snowball effect of people having comments or, like, uh, I think somebody did an interview about how my brother feels and, that's my family. You know what I'm saying? I go to bat for my family 100%. I can't ask the questions as to why he feels about this, that, and the third in the game. You know what I'm saying? I haven't had that personal conversation with him. My brother's uh, watching football right now. He's not playing too much. So, obviously, he's coming from more of a fan perspective. But that is my family. So, I handle my family with the utmost respect. And I always hope that people treat it that way. So, when people speak of my family, have a level of integrity as well. Because I feel like if it was another family member or it was somebody else, you know, obviously, people kind of handle things however they want. But... Uh, tread lightly when you're talking about my family. Listen, I respect the last part of it, certainly. But when Trayvon is out there saying what he's saying, it takes on a different level of significance than if it was just kind of ancillary people in his life. This is a guy who's playing in the league right now, Joe. Yeah. I mean, we never saw this with Peyton and Eli. We've seen brothers before. Right. We've seen brothers before, and there's ways to handle situations. You can say whatever you like. It, it, but the, the fact of the matter with Stefan Diggs is that we saw it end poorly in Minnesota. We've seen drama in Buffalo, and they keep trying to tell us it's not much. But if it was one thing and it had never happened again, then all right, everyone moves on. But when you see something in Minnesota, and then that sort of thing starts to boil up a little bit last year, and then it boils up again, and then again – and then your family members are speaking on it, that's going to raise red flags. People are going to ask questions about it. It's not to say anything's wrong with either guy. It's not to criticize or condemn either guy. It's not to disrespect either guy. But we're going to ask questions about it. People are going to want to know what's going on because you're not 10-0 and 0 right now. And if you were, we wouldn't be talking about this. You're 5-5 five and five and your brother makes it seem with his opinion that Josh Allen was one type of quarterback and then became a much better quarterback thanks to your brother. And yeah, the stats back that up. They have played great together. But we do have to wonder whether or not you guys are talking and whether or not that comes from you through him or that just comes directly from him. There's no disrespect intended, but there's enough smoke here where people are going to ask questions. Of course, and they're very legitimate questions because, listen, we all know that when we're having trouble with work, and such, we kind of lean on our family, and they know what's going on. They they know all of what's going on. Add to it that you have a brother who's working in the same industry and knows all of the ins and outs of what you're dealing with. Well, he understands what a tweet from him can have as an impact to try to get attention to it and at the same time at least somewhat keep his brother's hands clean of it. I, I've, I'm fully of the opinion that Stefan Diggs is going to be out of Buffalo out of, after this year. Like, there's going to be somewhere else that he's going to end up. And this iteration of the Bills is headed for a breakup this offseason. And it's not just because of this. It's because of everything that has been happening this offseason. Now, that this iteration does not include Josh Allen. Josh Allen will be the quarterback to see the next iteration come through because he is still so young in his career. But, Joe, I, I, am I wrong to assume that that's the path we're headed down? 
um, we can talk about that. Yeah, it's a possibility. I, I wouldn't, you know, I don't think the percentage on something like that is like 80%, right? I think I, there's still opportunity for them to turn well, it around. Well, how do you read then, it? What's that? How do you read it? I read it as leaning towards that direction, but I don't think we've we've written it off just yet. I mean, again, we're coming off a bad game in which an offensive coordinator was fired, so naturally we all skew negative. When they start off winning games, we don't talk about any of this. The key is to talk about the negative when the good stuff's happening or talk about the good when the negative stuff's happening. Can we find those angles? Yeah, everyone's pissed right now. It makes plenty of sense. They stink. They blew a game against Denver. Everyone is screwing up this year and they're pointing fingers at people and say, well, you know, maybe it's Dorsey, maybe it's this. It's all of them. It's all of them top down. That organization has failed to capitalize on their opportunity this year. Their quarterback turns the ball over too often. The head coach has done a poor job with his coordinators. He keeps putting the blame elsewhere. They lost some key guys. They didn't replace them properly and they didn't replace them adequately when Dable ended up leaving and then they've suffered some injuries and as a result they're losing games and the worst part is they're losing games they shouldn't lose so now everyone's going to start pointing the fingers this is where the leaders rise up I could see them finding a way late in the season here winning just enough games to get into the playoffs maybe just maybe they find a way to make a little noise and I do think there's an opportunity for them to all return next season. What complicates the issue for me when we start talking about the Bills is that you've heard grumblings, and I'm not sure how much of this weighs in, but you've heard grumblings in the past about how that's not, and I, I say this with all due respect, my wife is from that area, I love that area, but that's not exactly a place that young guys with a lot of money want to play professional football, yeah. right? Like when LA, Miami, Dallas, New York, Chicago, when cities like that, San Francisco are out there, some of them don't want to play in Buffalo because it's not as exciting. So I wonder if that plays a role as well. One of those, you know what? I'm just done with everything here. There's not a whole lot keeping me to it. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with that sentiment. It is not an easy place to get people to go. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Joseph, you know, Week 11 started with a huge divisional matchup on Thursday Night Football. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> it ends with a Super Bowl rematch Monday night. We are headed to Kansas City after Joe tells us about our good friends from Granger. For the ones who get it done. Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Game of the week, Monday night, rematch of the Super Bowl. It is the Eagles. It is the Chiefs. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. Don't forget to follow us on all the socials, including Instagram, where it's at Jay Fortenbaugh, at that guy Carlin. Jeff Darlington is a man for whom Instagram seemingly was designed because he's just that good looking, and he joins us right now from Kansas City, Missouri, as he does each and every Friday right here on the show. Jeff, Chris, Joe, how are you? I thought you meant meant because I'm incredibly thirsty and vain. That's why Instagram is built for me. Well, Jeff, your thirst traps, I I mean, they are (laughs) stuff of legend. Yeah. Yeah, I try to to be like, yeah, I just posted a picture of me and Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, promote promote the interview. No, it's not about promoting the interview. It's about posting a picture of me and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, look at me. Like, I'm hanging out with Patrick Mahomes. You know, I can appreciate we that. All, it's why we all do it. It's just a matter of the subtlety with which we execute. You know? Yeah. Listen, totally get it. And I respect it to a degree. Thirst I trap. Do. Total thirst trap. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. <laughs> Taylor Swift, concert yeah. Sunday in Rio. Uh, will yeah. she be making the trip I think she from can make Rio it. direct to Kansas City? I, I think she can make it. I think she can make it. Have you made that? Is I, she going to have to connect in Mexico City? How's that going to work? I think, she, you know, I think she can avoid the connections. Yeah. Uh, wrap her show. What ten, ten thirty? Jump on the plane, get a nice night's sleep, and uh, really get to Kansas City with time for a little lunch. Even yeah. I, I see no problem. Uh, I, I know, I'm, you know. I've seen the reports. I know her parents are going to meet, and uh, I, I think it would be important for her to, to be there for it. So take us you know? behind the curtain a little bit as to what you do, because for, from your perspective, we've been watching you, we've been listening to you, we've been talking to you for a long time here at ESPN, but when, when you go to Kansas City for this game, we know we get a rough idea of what it's going to be like from a football perspective, but when a story yeah. of this magnitude has kind of injected itself into the game yeah. stuff, how much of your plan is to talk to people about Taylor Swift as to her schedule, as not to whether much. or not she'll be involved, as to what the players have to say about her? So, so very little. I mean, I, I, I'm among those who, I don't know, I enjoy the chaos. I like it personally. I think it's fun. And I, I think it's, I think the Travis and Taylor stuff, uh, admittedly, I mean, I just told you that I'm a, you know, thirsty vain humans of course i like the travis uh taylor stuff like i i actually like i find it amusing and fun but no to your point like i sat down with uh in all seriousness like i sat down with patrick the other day and like there is a lot of people who care and want to know about it and i know that that sounds ridiculous 
but it's especially to those who don't care. Um, but like I, I I asked him when we sat down for 20 minutes and I did kind of, I got to the point where I was like, okay, here we go. (laughs) You know? And, and I mentioned like, you know, the attention on the chiefs and Patrick sort of just took it from there and he knew what I was getting at and he's the best and, and kind of made it easy and just said, you know, it's not a distraction in our locker room at all. The guys come in. We don't think about it or talk about it. We all have our personal lives. And he said, you know, on that note, yes, to the fan base, it is massive. It's a big deal. It's, it's a big, important relationship to people. And so he's like, I understand that. But to us, when Travis comes in, it's not, it's not that. It's just it doesn't resonate the same. And I, I would probably imagine for the Chiefs it's very similar to anybody else's workplace environment. Like, I'm sure they, they have their fun with it and have their, you know, their conversations. And Patrick even said, he's like, in the off season, yeah, I'll probably go to a concert in Europe at some point with Brittany and Travis. Like, he said that. But otherwise, it's, it's, I think that they're very capable of, of kind of handling it. And, and to your point about my job, like, I think that was enough. That, that one question, some people would probably say it's too much. <laughs> Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL. It's honestly not. It's 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 not that different. I would imagine than like covering politics. Like you're you're not you're going to make fifty percent of the people happy if you ask it. You're going to make fifty people fifty percent unhappy. It reminds me of of well maybe a better analogy would be Tim Tebow back when I covered Tebow. Like if you brought anything up about Tebow that wasn't football related, you had half of the world screaming at you and half the world you know all over it. Good analogy. Yeah, or half the locker room in that same way. Yeah, uh, yeah, great yeah. point. Jeffrey, uh, when we look at Patrick Mahomes, we have seen a little bit of annoyance to him after some of these games, even though the Chiefs are where they are because this offense is not clicking at the level to which he is accustomed. Yeah. What are you sensing from Mahomes on that front right now? He was pretty cool about it. We talked about – I told him the stat, you know, a few things. First of all, he, he really does believe they're going to get it right, and they are developing, and, and you're kind of using the regular season at, at this point in his career to create your identity and, and get ready for the playoffs, assuming that you, you can make the playoffs. In this case, it sure seems like it. Um, he doesn't seem overly concerned. Now, I mentioned to him that, and this is kind of a crazy stat, that he's had six games where he has completed passes to ten different pass catchers. 10. Like, like, I, I, I mean, I'd imagine most people understand that that is an abundance. Uh, never before has a quarterback in NFL history had six games where he completed to 10 different pass catchers, and Mahomes currently has eight games left to add to that current record. Um, I asked if that was sustainable, and he said, yeah, he believes it is, like the idea of just constant ball distribution. And he said going into the season, they sort of knew that that was going to be the blueprint. So they knew this challenge. It's not as if they're in the middle of the season saying, damn, this is not what we expected. How, how are we going to pivot? They sort of knew that this is how the roster was built. They were comfortable with it. Um, and, you know, to a degree, they have a defense that's probably better than has ever been in Patrick Mahomes' career. So um, in my opinion, I mean, they're leaning so heavily on Kelsey right now for the, you know, they're, they're distributing on a smaller level, but they're leaning on Kelsey for a lot of the big stuff. I think that they've got to kind of find a way to, to, to find at least somebody else capable of being more of a star. Um, but, but Mahomes does not seem rattled by it. 
uh, and I know that, you know, that might sound like a cliche, but I, I really don't sense that he thinks that it's that big of a deal. Watching Eagles games, it appears just via the amateur eye test that something's wrong with Jalen Hurts' knee. It's been addressed yeah. a little bit, but it also feels like we haven't gotten a whole lot of data or information right. on the severity, how it happened, all that stuff. What's the latest there? I, I'm right there with you. I don't know, um, especially being in Kansas City. I mean, look, dude, if you think that I make calls, I know Nick Sirianni, okay? I don't step on Sal Palantonio's turf, okay? Oh, yeah. You don't <laughs> step on a man named Sal Palantonio's turf, okay? So if you want to know about the Eagles, you call Sal Pal. I don't need to end up in the river. I don't need to end up with a with a concrete concrete brick tied around my ankles, well, listen, end up in the bottom it, of a river talking it, about Sal Pal even, surf. It's me? not the name. Sal Pal lives in South Jersey. We all got a guy, Jeff. We all got yeah, a guy. Well, listen, okay, you want Jalen Hurts, you can Google it or ask Sal Pal. I'm not your guy. Okay, I'll mess with that turf. Jeffrey, uh, let's get to the important stuff here. Barbecue, how long have you been Bar- in Kansas City? I was gonna say, going to say, how are we just now talking about barbecue? I thought we'd actually get some football in first. You know, yeah. Oh, you really? You thought we'd yeah. get football in? Yeah. We changed Taylor up our strategy this week. Four minutes. Like, I mean, I only talk about football. Uh, if um, you want to show up to the production meetings and go through the entire yeah. script, we certainly can Oh, you have a production meeting about this interview? That's, I call BS right there. It's not true. <laughs> um, barbecue. Uh, yeah. Are you familiar with Kansas City? Yes, I am. And I have a story to tie into this at, at the end of your reviews here. I, I'm familiar with okay. some of the more popular places. Okay. Well, that's uh, well. now I'm curious. I have long been Joe's Kansas City uh, as my number one when an evening when it was back called Oklahoma Joe's gas station barbecue. Uh, yep. Anybody from the area visited probably appreciates it. Are you familiar? I am familiar with it. Yes. Great, great pulled pork sandwich. The Z man is excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's like a little, uh, like a, a brisket with an onion ring and some barbecue sauce and provolone cheese on top. Wonderful sandwich. I will say though, there's a place called Q39. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I am not familiar uh, with that. See, that's the thing. Like, I think that's the best. It's a bit, it's a bit hoity-toity for your taste. It's not Jack Stacks, which is very restaurant style. Mm-hmm. It's still got integrity, uh, okay. but it is uh, outstanding, if not slightly trendy. Okay, so you just, in the midst of that, called me a dirtbag and said I wouldn't be welcome there. But yeah, I, no. now <laughs> I get that, I, and Gotta I tuck probably your shirt in, would say. I'm glad, sure. you cut, I'm glad you cut through the noise for me. That yeah, was like well, what Patrick Mahomes did when I asked about Taylor Swift. He knew what I was trying to say. He took yeah. it, he accepted it, and acknowledged it. <laughs> Joe, did you uh, get that sense right away, too, that that's what was happening? And, and can you go to Listen. a hoity-toity place for that? Yeah, my thought was that Darlington is very subtly telling you it's a place where you tuck your shirt in, and you don't like to tuck your shirt in, and that's pretty you much know, that. Yeah. You know what? I have to deal with a lot of stereotypes myself as being like, you know, the pretty boy in the tailored suit. So, like, I generally say Q39, and people look at me and say, oh, of course you would like Q39. That's where you have to tuck in your shirt. Yeah. So, you know, I'm also dealing with that side of things, okay? We all have our issues. We all have our plights. I weep for you. I weep for you. Um, So, just quickly, here is the story. How about this? 2003. I am offered a job at a sports radio station in Kansas City. It was just starting up. I fly out there. I am from New Jersey. Joe, mm-hmm. Jeff, 
there for lunch, they took me to an Italian restaurant. And for, and for dinner, they took me to a seafood restaurant. How? How? How could you possibly do it? I turned down yeah. the job based oh on that because if you're going to do that, your instincts are horrible. Now, Jason Whitlock was the primary guy at the station. That played a big role, too, in me turning it down. But, <laughs> but primarily, it was the fact that they took me out for seafood and for Italian. you got to play the hits. Oh That's like when God. I'll go to the... I go to the Kansas City, you know, the, the press box, like a Chiefs game, and they've got like, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it. The, the, the Dolphins will, the yes. Dolphins will be visiting. So they're like, let's do Cuban food this week. It's like, <laughs> no, you do barbecue every single week. Every week, don't it's try what we to do expect. what we do. You okay. do what you do. It's Carlin versus yeah. Joe on ESPN Radio. Jeffrey, thank you. I'll go to. Hey, I'll go to Q39 anytime. Just. Like, just don't, just don't, if you go, just don't mention my name. Exactly. You'll go anytime, <laughs> just not with me. Thank you. No, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Carla versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Say when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance, visit Progressive.com. From Sunday afternoon to Monday night, it's time to pick some losers. It's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Geico's mobile app has 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info. It's easy to Geico. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. He's out of the NFC West. Number one, the Rams plus one over the Seahawks. The Seahawks, for as good as they've been this season, they don't cover the point spread anymore. They are overvalued. They're going to LA to take on a Rams team that's coming off the bye week and beat them back in week one. Sean McVay knows how to coach against Pete Carroll. We will take the Rams plus the one. In addition, San Francisco is going to be hosting Tampa Bay. San Francisco's team total, meaning the amount of points they scored in this game, is 26 and a half. We're going to bet over 26 and a half points 
scored by the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody's healthy. They went to Jacksonville last week. Absolutely waxed the Jaguars. They've got the mojo back. They're playing a Tampa Bay defense that is average to below average in most metrics. I do not see Baker Mayfield in the Tampa offense moving the ball all that successfully against this revamped San Francisco defense that added Chase Young at pass rusher. So, two additional pizza monies for you. Rams plus one. Niners team total over 26 and a half points. Sometimes to stay ahead of the pack, you need to roll a little different. Pick giant losers. Let's pick some losers. Losers! Listen, it is just as important, just as important to know who's going to lose as it is to know who's going to win. So on this show, we mix things up. We tell you who's going to lose. And you know what? You're going to be better off for it. Carla versus Joe. (laughs) ESPN Radio. Sirius XM channel 80 joseph what do you say we start with a little college football action oh i'm ready for you big boy oh there is big in the pacific northwest tomorrow which by the way you'll be able to hear right here on espn radio it's part of a double header it is usc ucla followed by number five washington and number 11 oregon state by the way that is brought to you by dr pepper coverage begins 3 p.m eastern on espn radio and the espn app oregon state one point favorites joseph uh what do we like here with the beavers and with the washington huskies this is an official pizza money selection as well didn't do it at the top of the segment because i knew we were going to be talking about it here so add it to the pizza money card we're going oregon state minus one which means washington is going to lose this game look at the home road splits for oregon state they play much better in corvallis than they play elsewhere on top of that, you have a very good Oregon State team in terms of turnovers. Their turnover differential, I believe, is somewhere around plus 10 this season, which is top 20 in the country. Washington, for as good as they've been, their turnover differential is minus one. They actually have a negative turnover differential. They've been living on the wire the last few weeks, playing big game after big game after big game. They had Utah last week. They had USC before that. It's adding up. And at some point, a road trip to a place like Corvallis is where you can get caught. Washington's defense a little bit suspect. I believe the Huskies lose this game. So Oregon State minus one has officially made pizza money. You know what's interesting about this is, you know, DJU went out there. And he is, of course, the quarterback at Oregon State now. And he has not put up staggeringly huge numbers this season. 20 touchdowns, four interceptions, but he has fit in pretty nicely with what they do. He has fit in very nicely with what they do. This is uh, another big test here for Penix if you're going to stay in that Heisman race for real. Uh, I do believe that Washington wins this game, so Oregon State will lose Mm. this game as Mm. we think. Losers. No, it's like this. Mm. Oh, that's right. It's more M than it is um. Because right. I'm doing mm. Right. No. You're doing mm. mm. Exactly. Okay. One other big one, and this is an interstate rivalry. Number 21, Kansas State, and number 25, Kansas. Kansas getting it 10 points at home against Kansas State. Go. Kansas loses this game, although I'll be very clear, I don't have pizza money on it. I don't have any wager on this right now, so take it with a grain of salt. Kansas State is just the feisty team that shows up in all the big spots. Whether they win it or not, they find a way to get the job done. Kansas has done 
remarkable, remarkable stuff under the new coaching staff. But at the same time, they've suffered a lot of injuries this season that have kind of derailed them a little bit. So I'll say Kansas loses this game, but I really love the direction the Jayhawks are headed. Yeah, listen, it's hard not to. Uh, the only question is, is Lance Leopold going to see this out in right. the end? Because he might be on the move. He's one of those names that popped up. I don't know if he's going to be serious at A&M, but there are going to be some teams that are going to be going after Lance Leopold uh, this offseason. So that one bears watching. Psst. The secret to winning game days this college football season, it's Eckrich Smoke Sausage. Visit Eckrich.com for dozens of simple mouth-watering recipes to elevate your next tailgate. Let us go to the NFL as we pick losers. Steelers at Browns. Steelers, Browns. Browns are a one-point favorite in Cleveland. I think the Browns are going to lose this game. This is nothing to do with having a lot of faith in the Steelers right now. But can we fairly say that as good as the Browns' defense is, there's been some inconsistency to it, Joseph. There's been a little bit of inconsistency to it. I don't expect the Steelers to go and light this up by any stretch. But I think that given what we have with Deshaun Watson out and Dorian Thompson-Robinson starting, I have to roll with Pittsburgh. Let's go ahead and add Pittsburgh to the pizza money card for this week as we stack it up. That means the Browns lose this game. To your point on the Browns' defense, five of nine games this season, more than half, they've given up 24 or more points. And it's not as if they've gone against juggernauts. They've gone against some good teams. But Indianapolis hung a big number. Seattle hung a big number. Baltimore hung a big number twice. Pittsburgh hung more than 24 on them when they met earlier in the season. Here's the key to this game. Watson's out. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie quarterback, expected to start. Stat of the day. Mm. I want everyone to pay attention. If you're driving, continue to focus on the road. But pay attention. Mike Tomlin, as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, is 24 and five against rookie quarterbacks. Holy 24 crap. and five. He's got a great defense, and this is a game where they're a small dog. Watson to Dorian Thompson-Robinson moved the point spread from four to one and a half. I'm sorry, Watson hasn't been great. That's not enough. Pittsburgh on the money line, even money, official pizza money selection. Cleveland loses the game. All right, 30 seconds for the last one. Jets at Bills. Bills seven-point favorites. I cannot in good conscience pick the Jets to win this game. The Jets are going to lose this game, even, even with how I feel about the Bills this year. They will bounce back. Agreed. Jets lose this game. Bills all hands on deck. Offensive coordinator gets fired. Every single phase of the game failed last week. Everybody's embarrassed. They come out, they give you a good effort here, and you start to believe again, even though long-term, probably not going to pay out. I, it's not going to pan out for them to make the playoffs by any stretch, but they will get their little boost this week against the Jets. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.